Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr. I just naturally went into that. I'm also at the Lady of Tarth on Twitter. I'm joined with Guile. Hi, I'm I'm surprised too. I'm Guile. <laughs> I, tweet, I tweet at Door Podcast. <laughs> Go Packers. That took me a minute. <laughs> uh, joined with Chicky. Hey, I'm Chicky. I'm at the Chikrin on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. Welcome all. Um, we are covering a Game of Thrones with our read of A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, this is Eddard 5. And just a heads up, if you're a first time listener, we will spoil everything. So this is... Um, Ned doing some sleuthing about John Aaron, um, and he begins a stop with uh, Grand Maester Pycelle, where you know they enjoy a non-calf ice latte with extra honey. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, is this ice cream or is this like what is this supposed to be like? But it's not. Yeah, it sounded close to me. I was like, what is this honey milk? I mean, when your other option is like, I don't know, what do they say? Like uh, ice cubes that will leave you with upset stomachs because you're <laughs> having it with your wine, old wine. <laughs> this milk thing but doesn't like sound too bad. Milk on ice? Milk on ice sounds like a big mistake to me. Really? Yeah. That sounds awful. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I, I was kind of digging it. Maybe it was way too sweet. I would have been like half sweet, please. Will you try it? Tell us. <laughs> Maybe I will. I might add some cinnamon or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cinnamon would be nice. Yeah. Come on, Pycelle. Step it up. <laughs> anyway, um, Pycelle reminisces about the hot summers of his youth and how uh, John Aaron had asked him for a specific book right before he took sick and uh, with that stomach ailment of his. Was this the summer, um, the really, really hot summer that we read in the Duncan Egg books? I think so, because he talks about how he's so old that he served for Egg for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But he was called Egg and the Fortunate, which I thought was kind of funny um, hmm. here. So hmm. new old old nickname for Egg. Yeah. Before Summer Hall. <laughs> the pre-Summer Hall nickname. Well, I think, wasn't he Egg and the Unlikely? But here he's the Fortunate. So I think George yeah. just changed it somewhere. No one ever caught that. <laughs> I'm sure. Until like now. People have caught it. <laughs> uh, anyway, see. Um, Pycelle had dismissed Maester Coleman, um, who was treating him, for fear that he was being a little too aggressive with his treatments. Um, basically, it was just making uh, John Aaron vomit and purge nonstop. And then um, Lady Lysa wouldn't allow um, her son to come into the room uh, for fear that he would catch whatever he had. Lord Aaron called for Robert, the king. Um, he did come and he sat and he joked with John Aaron trying to keep his spirits up. 
And then there's a a quote where uh, Pycelle says, his love was fierce to see. Uh, At the end, he was given milk of the poppy, and he whispered a blessing for his son, where he says, the seed is strong. And I'm like, imagine the indignity. Your final words before death are about semen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And not even yours. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on his tombstone. (laughs) The semen? Oh, the words. <laughs> Don't be disgusting. No. <laughs> so do we think that, like, is the seed about Jamie or about, he's saying Robert's seed is strong, so, like, all the kids yeah. have black yes. hair? Yes. Yes. See, I feel like I would yeah, rather Robert. it be about Jamie's is so strong that the kids are blonde. <laughs> I don't know. It's so stupid anyway. Go either way. Well, I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to be like, those kids aren't yours? Like, <laughs> Right, right, like, you really are going to talk in riddles? Like, come on. We need, Robert. like, a cartoon that's, like, a face-off between Jamie and Robert Seaman. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, God. I can fear it. I, I, I can hear the Wacom tablets at work now. <laughs> Someone do this. So let's see. Um, let me recover from all that. <laughs> Pycelle tells Ned um, that Lord Aaron's death seemed no stranger than any other. And Lady Aaron, whose mind was, you know, not all there anyway, not the strongest, had suspicions about shadows. Um, but since her last stillborn, she, you know, was even worse. So I can't take much credence in her words, basically. Anyway, Pycelle asks, what else could it be? And then Ned says, poison. They speak about how poison is a woman's weapon. Women, cravens, and eunuchs. And then Ned asks... <laughs> Ned asks for the book. John Aaron had requested. Pycel calls it a ponderous tome about the lineages, all of the great houses. And Pycel tells him he'll have it sent to him. Before Ned leaves, he asks if the Queen was with Robert when he came to visit. And John Aaron says no. She was on her way to Casterly Rock with Lord Tywin. So again, why be all like cryptic and like riddled? Have a riddle. That's an actually, that's a great point. Um, that is a great point because, yeah, if Cersei wasn't there and Lysa was, well, and Lysa wasn't there, like, there's no danger. Hmm. Yeah. Did you, so, I didn't really think about this when I was reading it, but when you're talking about Master Coleman was purging him too often, so, is Pycelle in on this, on killing John Aaron? Because, to me, yeah, don't, if you Doesn't he admit that later, like, in does dance? Does he? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who he says it. Does he say it to Kevin? Is that who he says it to? I can't remember. Yeah. He admits it at some point. Okay. Basically, he's he's like, I've always been loyal to House Lannister, and he implies that he had a, a hand with John. So either Aaron. he was in cahoots with, or he probably. So he must have obviously suspected what Stannis and John Aaron were finding out, and did it on his own to protect. I don't. I right. know if it's that or if he just sensed that Cersei wanted John Aaron dead. I can't remember exactly. Basically, he knew, I think he knew that John Aaron was being poisoned and he didn't mm-hmm. do anything to stop it because I think yeah. he thinks it was probably yeah, Cersei. I remember, well, that's true. Yeah, I remember in the show that he did confess to Tyrion 
but I can't remember how it happened in the books. Is that who he confessed? Maybe it was Tyrion. Yeah, I, can't, I'm, I'm, I fucking can't remember. Probably was the same when he cuts his beard off and all that. I think that's when he does when he does it. I can't so remember. he thinks that Cersei was trying to poison John Aaron, though. I think that I, I mean, like, obviously nobody remembers really well. I think that that was what okay. Pycelle thought was that it was Cersei, yeah. and so he was covering I up mean, for her. I'll say this for Pycelle: he is really loyal to. I mean, like Tyrion mm-hmm. is kind of an asshole. Like Pycelle has like been super loyal to House Lannister. Like he's. Like they should have valued him more. Just saying. I agree. I you mean, know, he he hitched his wagon to their star. I mean, he's an asshole, but yeah, he definitely. Yeah, they're all assholes. Stuck though. right he's in there. Not gonna, but he's yeah. their asshole. Right. He's their <laughs> he asshole. Their, yeah. He's Tywin's asshole. That's what he is. <laughs> mm, let's see. Okay, so when Ned returns to the Tower of the Hand, he finds Arya practicing her balance. Um, she t- tells him that Sirio says a water dancer can stand on one toe for hours. And Ned's pretty much, yeah, that's great. Can you please just practice somewhere away from the staircase? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Arya asks about her brother. And uh, Ned said, uh, she says, Father, will Bran come and live with us now? Not for a long time, sweet one, he told her. He needs to win his strength back. Arya bit her lip. What will Bran do when he's of age? Ned knelt before her. He has years to find that answer, Arya. For now, it is enough to know that he will live. The night the bird had come from Winterfell, Eddard Stark had taken the girls to the castle godswood, an acre of elm and alder and black cottonwood overlooking the river. The heart tree there was a great oak, its ancient limbs overgrown with smokeberry vines. They knelt before it to offer their thanksgiving, as if it had been a werewood. Sansa drifted to sleep as the moon rose, Arya several hours later curling up in the grass under Ned's cloak. All through the dark hours he kept his vigil alone. When the dawn broke over the city, the red blooms of dragon's breath surrounded the girls where they lay. I dreamed of Bran, Sansa had whispered to him. I saw him smiling. I just thought that was so nice. Yeah, it sounds like really, you know, like camping. Yeah. Just a dad. Like backyard camping, right? Mm-hmm. What a good dad. Well, except like three paragraphs later, he's a horrible dad. I but... mean, he's a dad of his times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So Arya asks, Bran can still be the king in the king's guard, and you know Ned's like, no, he's being quite honest with her. Um, but he tells her he could be a great many other things: Lord of the Great Holdfast. He could sit on the king's council, sail ships across the sunset sea, or even be a high septon. And then Arya asks if she'll ever do those things, and Ned tells her she'll marry a king and rule his castle, have sons who will then be knights and princes. And then Arya replies, "No, that's Sansa." It's just like so. Inf- infuriating to me like no you can't do anything but your children can but you're you're nothing like fuck you like this is uh i mean i know it's not it's just you know ned being a father in westeros but and i mean i know we're meant to like be upset by that too but it just makes me mad when I see it still <laughs> like nope you can't be anything you can only be a mom that's it that's your you know yeah that's your life. kind of it's coming on the back of a bunch of misogyny in this chapter because, I mean, as much as none of us like Liza, I mean, like, they're they're all about Liza went crazy after she had the miscarriages and, <laughs> you know, women do poison. That's who does that. And, you know, women then you be get crazy. <laughs> I know George is not endorsing any of that, but you're right. just like, oh, Westeros, what's up? Yeah, exactly. 
I think, too, the thing that really bugs me is this line now is drawn between Sansa and Arya, and there is a good segment of fans that, you know, are anti-Sansa because of, you know, their pro-Arya. Sansa's not just, you know, Sansa's fate is not to, oh, she's a mom and her kids. Like, no, Sansa also is, like, has self-determination and is is doing things as well. Like, this isn't a choice between you know, being a mom and being everything else in the world. Like, no. And that's the way that fandom is like, you know, created this split between them. And, you know, no, Sansa's not the super passive either. And if she was, you know, so what? Uh, It's like a choice too. Yeah. You know what? Everybody gets to be multifaceted and complex, including these two young women. No, they, you either are a Sansa or an Arya. That's it. There's no, (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing else. (sighs) So let's see. Um, Littlefinger um, pays Ned a visit and he tells Ned that he promised Catelyn that he would help with, you know, all his questioning. Um, This info takes Ned back a bit. Um, He doesn't quite find it in himself to trust Littlefinger. And Littlefinger tells Ned that he has four people he should consider speaking to. Former servants um, of Lord Aaron's. Four that stayed behind after Liza fled King's Landing. One of them was John Aaron's squire, Sir Hugh of the Vale. Ned tells Littlefinger he will send for him and the others. This makes Littlefinger wince. He invites Ned to his own window and then he just gestures out below and he's like, look at all the spies below us. <laughs> it's like servants of Varys, the Queen. And he says, the Red Keep is full of eyes. Why do you think I hid Cat in a brothel? Littlefinger asks Ned if there is a man in his service he trusts. Ned responds yes, and Littlefinger tells him that it would have, that was an unwise answer, but in any event, send this man out to make his queries for him. Ned then tells Littlefinger, thank you, perhaps he was wrong to distrust him. And Littlefinger replies, distrusting me was the wisest thing you've done since climbing off your horse. And that's the end of that. Just twirl your mustache, little finger. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We have a question on the subreddit from Iruna about this. Um, she asks, so are the spies little finger points out really spies, or is he just trying to feed into Ned's paranoia? Um, also for trusting Littlefinger, he is really doing exactly what he's told. And kudos for Pycelle for quickly realizing that Ned suspected Cersei and quickly pointing him in Varys' direction. He really mm-hmm. is a good Lannister man. I think he's, I think Littlefinger's doing that thing where, you know, he does want Ned's trust, so he gives him some truths, you know, like he wants to be the person that Ned trusts, so he has to, like, he can't just lie to him from the beginning. Yep, and to have him, I think it's both, both parts, and to have Ned fearful or suspicious and paranoid also kind of, you know, plays him into his hands a little bit more malleable. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I get the feeling that Littlefinger is worried that Ned's going to get himself killed too fast here. If he doesn't slow slow him down. (laughs) That is true. Oh, God. That's hilarious. Like, Littlefinger just being like, oh, my God, he's dumber than I, not dumb, less savvy than I even thought. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of Littlefinger talking about Cersei and Feast. (laughs) So I'm like, is that what this is? Even he couldn't have predicted how fast she would, like... I mean, hers Create is through patience, yeah, and Ned's is through just, like, He's not good at this. Yeah, yeah, it's not his thing. 
And Feast Littlefinger's like, I did not know that Cersei could blow things up this fast. I thought it would take years. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's like George's little joke on himself, though, too, like about the five year gap and stuff and how, you know, because oh, there's is. no five year gap, he has to like <laughs> accelerate that. Hmm. Is this another thing that people like people found out years and years ago that I'm just discovering? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> He has a couple Secrets of jokes revealed. about his lost time skip. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> um, we have a couple more questions. Oh, okay. um, we have one from Tarth Sir Jamie on the Discord that says, um, if you could assign anyone in A Song of Ice, Ice and Fire to be Ned's investigatory sidekick, who would it be and why? No juries allowed. Sansa. <laughs> she would actually oh. be helpful. <laughs> that would be really cute. Yeah little dad-daughter detective series on the Disney Channel. <laughs> I mean, maybe someone like Davos, just like, because Davos could, like, could flit through these different oh, yeah. things, and, you know, he'd get along with Ned, but he also would be, you know, he'd be a good person to talk to, like, all these more lowly people that that um, are part of this, too. And he's not a dumbass. Like, he's Although he is, I don't know. I mean, he'd be better than, you know, Ned by himself, but maybe he wouldn't be so great. He needs someone who's just, like, some savvy. Like, Cat would be better. Like, he and Cat, actually, maybe that's it. Like, he and Cat doing this together. Husband and wife detective. Yeah. Like, Remy, is it Remington Steele? Or, no, what's the, like, there's an, see, this is, Kama would know this one. (laughs) (laughs) Scarecrow and Mrs. King, is that something? Yes, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. I've never heard of that. (laughs) I couldn't tell you anything, except I think it's about married detectives. I know Columbo, I know Murder, She Wrote, that's it. (laughs) Oh, Magnum (laughs) P.I. All we've of these gone, people would be we've excellent gone sidekicks. Deep into the eighties here. We left Devin way behind when we went this deep into the eighties. <laughs> what are these old bats yammering on about? <laughs> um, we have one more we have a more general question from Katie Buttercup on Tumblr, who asks I was wondering if there is any significance in the way that sex seems to follow Jamie through feast and dance. He is abstaining even though he's still drawn to Cersei, and afterwards he feels lust for Pia in the bath before setting her up with Peck and having to listen to them. And then, of course, there's the, w- there's the way he walks in on Hildy. Just wondered if it held any deeper meaning in Jamie's arc, or is he just horny? As sex he's seems just to horny. Follow- <laughs> As sex seems to follow Jamie, the thought of marriage haunts Brienne's story and feast. Tarly and Hyle hunt and numerous others tell her she should just go home and marry. She dreams of Jamie cloaking her. I don't know if I'm just reaching, but it feels significant. No, it is significant because, well, there there are several reasons that George has. I mean, the horniness really ratchets up for just one chapter. There's a lot of Jamie horniness in dance. And it's clearly because, number one, he and Brienne have to be pretty close to boning. And George wants you to know that it's not going to be just because she's there. He's making it very clear that Jamie's had lots of opportunities to bang Mm -hmm. lots of people. And he has not taken them, despite the fact that he considers it, which is clearly the case with Pia and with Hildy. I mean, he seriously considers it. Yeah. Um, it's a break so, with Cersei, too, right? Like, that's... Yeah, it's a break with Cersei. It's him considering himself his own sexual being, basically. And it, it's, you know, I mean, 
Also, he's just a horny person. I mean, he's horny from the minute you meet him in, in Storm of Swords. I mean, he's just horny all the time. Or even but, like, with Cat in the dungeons. Like he oh, yeah. goes, I mean, he goes for sex to make people feel uncomfortable, too. But, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. half-truths in that as well. Oh, yeah, no, no. He's just a horny bastard. But also, there's just this this thing of George making sure, hey... No, he's not going to get with Brienne just because she happens to be available. He's showing you a couple of times where Jamie had available people who were better looking, more attractive than Brienne, and he turned them down. So the flip side of that is then is Brienne has had opportunities in a way to just marry somebody and go home, yet she's not going to go that route. Yeah, it's to make it clear. I mean, I think George is already aware of what dude bros are going to say about Jamie and Brienne picking up, and he's kind of heading them off at the pass. One day we might actually get to enjoy that. <laughs> so, so you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Check back in five years, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for the listener notes that we get in 2025. They're like, oh, you guys are so naive. <laughs> Remember in 2020 when y'all thought we'd have wins of winter by the end of 2020? <laughs> Uh, oh god like actually aren't we kind of at the point where if we were gonna have it this year it would have been announced because they need the time to actually print it and stuff yes because it's may so yeah so something no. would have had it been announced it out in four months but yeah just release they can, it they did a four month around <laughs> but do it for so quarantine like, i mean <laughs> Honestly, he should, uh, we've talked about this, but I mean, at this point, he should just release it. Well, he can't because he's the gardener, but I mean, at least release the prologue for us. Like, give us something. Can you imagine, like, how crazy it would be to just get the prologue, though? Ugh. Anything. No. I take anything <sighs> crazy, honestly. Yeah. Fandom would lose their fucking minds. I know, yeah. and it'd be, like, nice because like, it'd be about something. <laughs> Yeah. It wouldn't just be about like fandom. It'd be the actual source material again, which would just be delightful. Yeah. Lift our spirits, George. In these trying yeah, times. He's, he's he's released like thirteen chapters. He's released like twenty percent of the book. Right. Just give Ugh. us more. <laughs> right. Like just give it all give it give it all to us. Just do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Set it for the mail. That is it. All right. We love getting your messages. And again, just so you guys know, if we haven't gotten to something of yours, it will come in due time. We are just um, have everything um, backlogged because we are recording a bunch of these episodes at one time. Um, But please send your messages to close the door end at gmail.com. You can reach us at close the door and come here. Tumblr.com. You can follow us on Twitter at door podcast consider um subscribing um supporting sorry to this to this podcast on patreon you can like review and subscribe wherever you listen um it's always good to have you recommend us if you can and um i think that'll be it thank you all for podcasting i'm gonna close the door get out <laughs>